save a sinner the almighty he sends his angels to guide me oh there's no storm too powerful our god cannot handle god in simplicity revealed in you and me came from his glory gave us the victory the greatest love story story that's being written on the earth and a lot of the earth the world can't see it one day we're going to look back and we're going to see all that God has wrought God bless you welcome this Sunday morning I don't know if you've looked at somebody next to you or the part that you can see but why don't you wave at them why don't you greet them this morning it sure is good to be in the house of the Lord and it sure is good to be a Christian yeah. Amen. We're happy to be Christians. Let's just sing, Victory is mine, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Well, I told Satan, Let's just uh, leave the singing there. We're going to go directly to the Word. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you for the specials. Brother Bob, thank you. Always appreciate the spirit of our Brother Bob. Brother Moses, that's quite an accomplishment for your children to memorize all that. I didn't see that they had any, anything to read off of. That was all by memory. I think that's wonderful. 
Amen. God bless you for that. Amen. As we turn to the book of Revelations, we're going to read from three places. We're going to start in Revelations 3. And, and uh, we always say it's familiar and we apologize for that, but I'm not apologizing for it. Uh, I didn't preach as long as Moses, I mean as, as long as Noah, 120 years, and he always took the same text. How'd you like to sit in that congregation? Well, we're not, we're not quite that long yet, but we're taking some texts that are very familiar. Amen. Because we believe that that's the hour when they're being made life. Amen. Well, we want to just uh, go and look at God's Word. Revelations 3, let's just start from verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Now, Brother Branham would point out to us, notice the position. He is outside the church. He's been put outside. But we are within. And there's, there's nothing he can open up. We have to open up to him. Verse 21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Revelations 21, verse 3. Revelations 21, verse 3. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to look at some positions here, that which is in, within, and that which is without. And uh, I want to just focus on that here. Verse 3, Revelations 21. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, as you read this, this is a future event But there's a people that are moving into that future event. There is a people, the threefold purpose of God, which was to express himself in Christ. Number two, gain preeminence in a people. Where is he gaining preeminence? By force, by your outside, by by slapping you around and line up. No, he's dwelling in your heart. His desire is to dwell within you. So he's saying, now this this is, where's the channel? Where are we going? Because this is what it's leading to. And verse 4, and God shall wipe away tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And behold, he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make Uh, All things new, and he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now, verse 8, who will not be there? The fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and idolaters, 
and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Don't worry about the first death, the death of this body. The second death, which is spiritual separation from God. Also, if you'll turn over to me, Revelations 22, I just want to read a couple verses there. I would not going to apologize that you're standing. Some of us, one of us will be standing most of the service. Revelations 22, verse 10. Actually, yeah. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. We're going to stop the reading there, but just keep your fingers in that. That time is coming, and I will say, there are people that have already made their eternal decision. This is the hour that we live in. Amen. I, I don't mean to be uh, putting dread on you or anything. I want to be real. I, I want to also say this is the condition of the world. Let's understand it, but let's also understand our position. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we've read these words, these scriptures. Father, as just looking to you, now I give the service to you. I am just the voice, Lord. I'm... I've tried not to put my personal thought, my personal opinion, but I've tried to allow you to lead, and I'm putting myself in your hands, and Lord, we as a people are putting ourselves in your hands, and we're asking that the Spirit of God would have the preeminence amongst us today. Lord, speak to us for the day and the hour that we live in. We need you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. Also, just want to say it was good to have our brother Max back home and ministering again. And we appreciated the message on Wednesday on the purpose of God. We thank, we thank the Lord for that assurance that we have. If you still have your Bible open in Revelations 22, I finished in verse 11, but in verse 12 it says, And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according to as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do as commandments that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now, there's a place you can be in but it, it, it takes an approach. It takes a level of, of governance of the Holy Spirit over our lives and our yielding to it to have the right to enter in. And then he says, verse 15, For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth, loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto 
you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. These are now coming down to the last verses of the Bible. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things that are written in this book. I want to be found in the pages of this book. I want to be found fighting for the right thing. I want to be found in Christ. And that's a great battle in this day to be found in Christ. I'm going to continue with the thought I started last Sunday in a different manner perhaps. And we spoke on God's spirit in flesh, in the world, then and now. And my focus last Sunday was, as he is, so are we in this world. But today I want to speak on within and without. There's a lot of mouthful in there, but this is my thought. I wrote some of these thoughts and these notes um, some months ago, but the events of the last couple weeks just started to bring them back to me and reinforce them to me. And so I'm, I'm going to give you that as a backdrop. The first service of the new year, which Brother Tim Dodd ministered, we had made mention of Brother Norm LeCousier, and we put in a request that he had not been coherent for a number of days. It was that night that Brother Norm went to be with the Lord. And he was with us, and then he was away from us. But we knew where he was going. The very next day, we got the news that Brother Ken Fury had left us very suddenly. He was with us, and then we were talking, and then in the span of two hours, he slipped into a dimension unseen, yet very real, that parallels us right now. We also came to find out some days later that Brother Ron Spencer's father had passed away. Brother Charlie, he was a believer since 1961. He was a man that Brother Ron looked to and who was a great influence. And so let's remember Brother Ron. The funeral will be next Saturday. But it was sudden and it was without notice. And one minute they were with us and another moment they were outside of us. But we're really not separated because the spirit that was on all of these brethren is a spirit that carried them into another place. And so for the believer, it's a wonderful time. It's, a, it's, it's, it's sudden, it's shocking sometimes, but yet there's a peace and a rest that accompanies it. But for the believers, that's not nearly the same. Now, while all of this happened, I came to find out uh, yesterday we had a neighbor come in our driveway and he informed us that the neighbor two doors down from us had suddenly passed away that morning. And this man was, a, he was I would just say he was good. 
in his worldly affairs. He worked hard and he, he took care of his property, his yard, his house. And, and yet in knowing him, knowing what he set his time and energies to, there was very little of that lifestyle that made preparation for the great hereafter. He was very much a worldly man, really wanted nothing to do with religion. That man, Brother Mark, was the man, the household at 93. He passed away that morning. And I reflected on the reality and I, what Brother Branham would tell us. And he would share with us, when, when, we, when we pass on, we are not in this, this house anymore, but we are in another place. And the reality of where the believers are in stark contrast, you know, of, of the rest and where they went, in stark contrast to that of someone who's a sinner. Now, I'm not judging anyone, but by your fruits, you know them. You know which way they're going. But I, I, I just, my wife and I were out for a walk, and we were just talking about it. It was almost a shock, and we said, now, he's gone, but in reality, he's somewhere. And Brother Branham would, would speak, he says, and he, in, the, in the message, he would, he would speak talking about the soul that, that, he says, you drifting soul, you poor drifter that's, that's going over that great cataract, be careful, it'll be a horrible thing when you know there's no saving for you then. You can't get saved then. You know your doom lays right before you. When in within a few minutes you'll hear a voice, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, into an everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You'll know when you hear the great falls roaring of the voices of those meetings while you're passing out of this. Oh, what a, if you actually listen to this on the tape, the prophet's voice just goes, he goes up into, it, it, it's, it's almost, it, it's imprinted in my mind when I read this. Oh, what a horrible thing. What a nightmare. Don't let it happen to you people. Repent. Get right with God while you can get right. Now, he, he goes right into it, but he says, oh, church, sitting in heavenly places, what is it to you then? It's a condemnation to the sinner, a blessing to the saved. A man who safely anchored his boat onto the rock Christ Jesus can lays and listens and he can enter into that rest. Now I'm, 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 I'm sharing all of this and I, I don't want to come across, I, I don't want to come across as a crank, as, as a doomsday kind of person and that's, that's not my goal because to, to put a heavy and a guilt on people is not the way to come to Christ. Christ, and it's not by emotion and it's not by argument and it's not by intellect, but it's by the Holy Ghost convicting us 
But I want to have words that are true and just. And because as, as much as he's a loving God today, as much as he's the Lamb of God, that the one that we projected at the Christmas season, the one that was laying in a manger, he's also Almighty God. And he's a God of the word. And he's a God of righteousness. And he's full of love and mercy. And it's the goodness of God. That, that the blood of Jesus. That keeps us day by day. And, and as much as he's all of those things today. There's coming a time when the world will know the wrath of the Lamb. When the world will know the judgments of God. And those judgments are on the earth, in the earth today. So Brother Branham would, would, would go further and, you know, in his prayer of that, and I don't want to take time, but I want to just move it. But he would begin to talk in, in a message, how can I overcome? And, and he would say, to overcome, he, he was talking about, and you'll remember the message, I'm going to preface this without reading it all, but he was crossing a log as he was as what he would call in a hauler, and he said it looked stable on the outside, but on the inside it had gotten all soft. And when he stepped on it, he went right through. And he says, and then he began to think about the Christians in this day. He says, they are becoming soft and doty. They are dead in sin and trespasses. They hold no weight. They don't know what overcoming means. I don't, I don't want to apologize for anything I'm going to say. I don't want to apologize for saying things hard. But the world that we live in is a world that we're being slowly conditioned to if we're not in the Holy Ghost. And the world has become a political world where you can't hardly say anything because you offend somebody. Don't let that happen in our church. Don't let that happen to our character. Let us be real Christians. Let's be rugged. Let's be real. Let's, let's not become like that. And that's why we need to be here washed. And that's why we need to be under the sound of a message and to hear it rugged. It's good for you. It's good for me. So he would say, to overcome means to keep life in you. When the life went out, the outside looked good, but the inside, it had lost something. And this is still not my service on denominational life, but a denominational life is a life that takes on a form, but doesn't have the heartbeat of God under it anymore. It becomes religious, and, it, and actually a religious spirit becomes a difficult spirit to deal with. Because you begin to set yourself, and you justify yourself in that position. And I have to work, and we all have to work. And, and a good place to start is go back to the Ephesian church age. The first age that started out right, that had everything right. But along the way, they lost their first love. Their love for the Holy Ghost meetings. And if we lose the love to come to church, to hear it straight, to say, Oh, I met with God in a service. I didn't just hear what Brother Ed said. 
but God met me. I didn't hear what Brother Andrew or Brother Max said, but I heard God speaking to me. But that first church age, they began to think more of what the world thought of them than they did what God thought about them. Don't let that be us. us. We're coming back, and we're not stopping where the Ephesian age stopped. We're going beyond that. Those that go in the rapture will not just be there in church. They'll be in Christ. They'll be in fellowship. They'll be in love with him. I don't want to take away from what Brother Andrew might preach tonight, but we were just sharing a thought from a Bible study. And Brother Andrew, just forgive me, if, but this, you can go down this way if you want. The rapture is not just a date. It's not a day on the calendar. Oh, if I can get there. The rapture is a cycle. And you've got to be caught up in that cycle. The rapture is a union between you and Christ. The rapture is something that you're in and the world is out. You're not out there trying to to do things. You're in him and he's in you working through you. That's the rapture. And when the time comes, it will be as a result of the heartbeat of God with the heartbeat of a believer. It will not be a date on a calendar. It will be God in a people, in harmony, walking together, working together, and then they'll be raptured with him. If we... How can I overcome? If we try to follow the message of the hour, or at least this part of the message, we should live constantly in the life of Christ. Because if you don't, and you lay around, and you do, I'm convinced that there's, there's, there's realms of our walk. And I'll, I'll, I'll point to myself, if anybody. There's been times where I have felt maybe I've gone through the motions on something. And when I get that feeling, I say, oh God, don't let me go through the motions. Now, you can't live on the mountaintop all the time. And, and, and you, you don't live in this little emotional bubble where it's just, I feel God all around me. There's times you don't feel God around you. So it's not by your emotion, neither is it by your knowledge, but there's a real place we need to strive for. There's a place where it's God and the believer if you're in a trial, if you don't feel him or you feel him, if you know him or not what you know about the message, not what you know about the world systems, not what you know about those things, but it's you and him. And it's his life expressed through you. So the prophet says, that is what we need to strive for. And he would go a little further, and he says, and he he used the text of Revelation 3, He said, that age, this age had to be rebuked because of its different towards Christ or its indifference. You, I I want you to be honest as I'm honest with myself. Were you ever closer to God than you are right now? That's a good question to ask. Did he mean more to you at one time? Or has the world kind of crept in. Has, has, you know, the enemy loves to push the borders. He loves to, 
And I would say we're not just looking at geographical borders anymore or time borders because we live in three dimensions. We live in light, space, and time. But we're not looking at what we can see outside, but we need to be seeing something within. And I would say your, your knowledge, my knowledge of the message and this prophecy's got to hit, this prophecy's got to hit that prophecy, that's not good enough. It's good to be aware, but in the season or the hour that God is doing something, he has to make us aware. Now, I, I want to I just put it in terms, and if I'm not following my notes completely, that's okay. I, I want to just follow the Lord this morning. But a prophet, you can only serve God as he sends his prophets. Because a prophet is the inspiration of God. A prophet is the one who is the eyes of God. You can only serve God by the prophets that he sent. A prophet is the interpreter of the word. Now, I, I mentioned this last Sunday, but I said, when, when, the, when, when everybody was saying communism, 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 and, and it was like a cold war. And it was like the tension was thick. You know, and you'd read the newspapers. What's Russia doing? What's happening in Cuba? What's America doing? What's, and this was in the time of 1960s. And amidst of all of that, there was a voice of a prophet that said, don't fear communism. But, but many people still leaned that way and came to find out it wasn't that really. He said, fear Romanism. And I would just say, in this day and in this age, you find many people caught up with politics, with, with rules, with regulations, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a country uh, in, in Italy, in the middle of Italy, called the Vatican, which is strangely quiet. That's the one you got to watch for. It, it doesn't look like it outwardly, but, but even as Brother Branham would, 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 and as the Bible says in Revelations, talks about Jezebel, that woman. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. A prophet is the voice of God, but not in himself. David, David was told, no, Samuel was told of God to go and anoint one of the sons of Jesse. And David, with his natural thinking, thought, this is the oldest, surely this is the one. A prophet of God. And God said to him, no, Okay, well, next, next, next. And he's looking and he said, something's not right. What was he looking at? Size, stature, you know, birth order? No, none of those things. He was looking in here. There was a voice within. That's the voice we need to lean on more and more and more and more. That's the voice. When you read the message, it's not, okay, I, I heard this before. Don't, don't, don't fall into that channel. Say, Lord, what are you saying to me today? Make it alive to me today. And so, so when, we, when we look at it, so here's, here's Samuel, and he says, is there not one more? Yeah, there's one more, but he's in the fields and he's ready. And, and then God says, this is the one. So, so Samuel didn't see it that way. All the way, fast forward to Revelations, here's John the Revelator. And he sees a vision of a woman in Revelation 17. And she's decked with gold and, and encrusted in purple and all these things. And John, wow. And the angel says to him, what are you marveling about? You want me to tell you the truth? This is the truth of that woman. 
Friends, that's the kind of uh, eyesight we need to have. You can't look at events in the world with natural eyes, even, even what I call religious or spiritual eyes. We need the eyes of God to see for us. And I, I want to just make it a little bit more personal. Because if we're not careful, we deify the prophet. And we say, well, Brother Branham, we, we make him everything. He was a man. He was a sinner. It was not him, but it was the angel that stood beside him. That's right. Because there was times he would have done the wrong thing. He would have done the wrong thing answering a question of the seals. But God was there. He would have done the wrong thing at different times. But God was there. That God is still watching over his word. That God is still the one that we need to answer to. It's not just good enough to press play. That's part of the process. But we need more than that. And we need more than to sit in a message church. We need more than just to come here and attend here and say I've done my duty. We need to be in him. Now, you can go a step further. In Brother Branham's own household, this is God's prophet, but he's still a man. Sister Mita would come in. There's an issue in the house. Something's going on. And all of a sudden, she just slams the door. And Brother Branham in himself says, poor little fella. He didn't think anything of it. But what she didn't know is she had crossed the line. Not, not for eternal damnation, no. But she had not done it against her husband, but she did that against God's servant. And sometimes, sometimes the attitude, our approach to the things of God, Satan would try to reduce them. He would try to make them just carnal. Now, I'm going to say it, but this is not, I'm as much a man full of faults and failures. But I have to respect, when I sat here for years and years and listened to Brother Harold, I, I might know Brother Harold and, and some of his nature, and his, but I, I also respected the office. So I couldn't lean on what, and I couldn't reduce it to a carnal level. And now, it would be the same today. I have to respect the office. That doesn't mean I say, you better listen to me. No, no, I'm, I'm respecting the office. I'm, I'm under something this morning. We're all under something this morning. But Brother Branham would say, poor little fella. But God says to him, you go out there and tell her. She didn't know what she did. Even Brother Branham didn't know it at first. But God had to tell her. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm on a path that I didn't have here, but while I'm here, I'm just staying on it. So he had to be alerted. So what we sometimes see as a boundary, you know, even, even in our attitude and our approach, Brother Man would say, God's servants, God demands respects. And you need to respect God's servants. And, 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 and he would, he'd actually go further. He'd say, churches have spirits. 
And you see where everybody follows the spirit of the pastor. Listen, I don't even want that here. I want God's Holy Spirit to have the leading role. I don't want to project myself, my way. I mean, I have a certain element of personality and humanity that comes into it. But I want God's Spirit to be first. I, I, when somebody asks me a question, I don't want to answer according to my knowledge. I don't want to answer according to my personal opinion. I want to answer according to what the Spirit of God is flowing through me. And so do we. We want to respect our husbands. We want to respect our wives and our children. We want to have a right approach. Listen, I'll get to it in a bit. But the wrong approach, you can cross a border without even knowing it. And a prophet will, will look and he'll see things. The world looks and saw communism. The world saw other events. The world is looking and they're saying, coronavirus. But what are we looking at? Listen, I'm not saying there's, there's things that are happening, but I'm saying that can't be just the focus of what you're doing. Because it won't be by what you read in the news, it won't be by that that you're going to get discernment. Your discernment comes from the Word of God, not according to knowledge, not according to emotion, but according to what God reveals to you. So Brother Branham will point back, and he'll say, Oh, America's done a terrible thing. This, this stems out of the seven visions back in the... America's done a terrible thing. They've allowed the women to vote. And we think, what's that got to do with anything? Like we would think, like I say that today, somebody hears it, I'm labeled. I'm labeled. That's how much the world has eroded. That's how much, but what did the women's vote do? It elected a man called John F. Kennedy. It elected uh, Bill Clinton. It elected the, 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 the one, it elected style over substance. And, and what's happened today, we've elected in our own country a leader that portrays himself and he's only in power. Listen, in the last election he tried to get those that were 16 and under to be able to vote because the majority, if you do the polling, the majority would have voted for the style of that leader. Now, where is soundness anymore? And the prophet says, that was a line that was crossed. Now, much of the world didn't see that. Brother Adam would go on and say, and who is this Melchizedek? And he says, they've, and he says, he refers to prophecy. It comes to pass. And he says, they've done a terrible thing. They've elected a woman as a judge. Now, those are lines that a prophet can see. You and I, if we're walking with the flow and we're just going by what the world is doing, we're not seeing that. Why do I need to feed on the message? That you may be not just knowing what will come to pass, but that you may be in the spirit of the composer and the author, and that you may know when you come to it, oh, that's a red flag. But if we're not in that spirit, we'll walk over something. We... In the days of Elijah, it was, it was the children mocking Elisha. Where did it come from? It came from dinner time conversation. Elisha, a bald-headed guy, is an old crank. And the children are sitting there listening, listening, listening. 
And they're out there in their daily business. They don't even know what's going on. They don't even understand it. And all of a sudden they see Elisha. Ah, you bald head, go on up. What was the go on up about? It was his predecessor. Friends, what am I saying? It's time to buckle up a little tighter. Let's watch our words. Let's watch our conversation. Let's watch our thoughts. Let's watch where our focus is on and what we're doing. Now, I, I, I just spent 10 minutes outside of my notes here. But is that all right? I think that's important. Now, so I was, I was really reflecting on this. What are the borders or the boundaries of the world we're living in? Because they are moving. They are in transition. I was talking to Brother Andre Petit this week. Brother Andre, by the way, just so you know, he, he was diagnosed with a skin cancer. He had gone to the doctor. Maybe I'll share that testimony, but his approach was wonderful. And he says, I don't go begging and crying and pleading to God and who owes me. He says, neither go I demanding. He says, Father, I've got this problem and I'm your child. And I, you're my God. And if this is my problem, it's your problem. And therefore, Lord, you said, that's the approach. You said, then let God do the fighting for you. Anyway, Brother Andre, we were just talking about Quebec because in Quebec they had some legislation that I was hearing about and sometimes the media will hype it up so bad. And, and I said, well, now they're going to have a tax on the unvaccinated. And Brother Andre says, well, he says, it really won't come. He says, the media is hyping it up pretty bad, but the opposition parties are this, there's this and this. It'll be years of challenges before they can do that. And he says, but, but the fact that they're moving that way is sharing something. And, and it was a, about two months ago that in Quebec, they made it the law in Quebec that you can't attend church if you're not vaccinated. And to me, that's starting to cross a line. Now, what will our approach be if that happens here? We have a premier that said that wouldn't happen. But there's other things. Why do we need to stay in the Word? Not just in the Word to see events, but to be in the right attitude and in the right approach. I was listening, I think Brother John, you referenced it to me. I was listening to Brother Paul LaFontaine, and, and he was touching on a similar basis, but he made this statement. He said, great men discuss ideas and principles. Average men discuss events. And those that are lower beyond that, they discuss people. <laughs> so you find where you're at. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested, and, and then... God would say, what was in the mind of God is now put in the hearts of a people. A bride, what was he talking about? What was in the mind of God? Where we came from? What God's attitude is to this present world? That's what I want to focus on. That's what I want to discuss. Okay, I got to get back on track here. So as, as I was reflecting... And I thought these borders can change very quickly. From the morning that I talked with Brother Ken to the afternoon, things that were important in the morning did not seem important in the afternoon. Now, I'm saying that, does that mean you just had an emotional swing? I agree with that. But it also 
him going on made me recognize there's a part of what bound us together is now over there and here, but I'm going over there. And in order, it may not be death that takes me there, but it, I need to be preparing to move there. So in the world around us, there, there's borders that are changing. And, and I said, it's not so much natural, geographical, but it's time. And, and, and the question came, if you knew you had 30 minutes to live, what would you do in your last 30 minutes? What would you do? a good question. Where would you go? What would you participate in? Because we don't know the hour or the day. Neither do we know the hour of the rapture. So I want to be found in him. What did Jesus do in the last hours? He washed feet with his disciples. He was imparting something. He was portraying something. He wasn't fighting the Romans. He wasn't leaving instructions for a battle. But he was telling them, this is where you're going to go. And he would actually take, take John 14, 15, 16, 17. These words were spoken intimately to his disciples. Judas was no longer there. These were spoken uh, as you are the, the branches I am the vine. In other words, I've got the life. You're going to be a carrier of that life. And he began to talk and tell them. Okay, I'm, I know you're thinking, and that's good. And, and I want you to think. So then, the kingdom we have received, we're not part of a nation. We're part of a kingdom. I, I will dwell on this further in, in other times here. But it, it's like the moments we need to see ourselves identified not as Albertans or Quebecers, not as Canadians or Americans. We need to start to see ourselves not as end-time message tabernacle and living word assembly or whatever it is. We need to see ourselves as a body, as a people, as a kingdom that's coming from another place. And the Bible would talk, listen, let's just, well, I, I gotta refer to some scriptures to stay on track to what I'm doing. Hebrews 12. So Hebrews 12 would tell us this. Four. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, verse 25. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. Now, I, I, I need to sometimes slow down because I feel like I, I want to get somewhere, but I, I say, so the voice that we hear on the tape that can become commonplace is not just a voice from earth or from Jeffersonville. It's a voice from heaven. And he says, he's talking about don't. Now he's, he's taking types, and I'm going to come to some types in a minute. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Now, I, I, I'm just going to interject. I'm still going to read further. But Brother Matson Bose was in Chicago, and he had Brother Branham for meetings. And he says, oh, Brother Branham, 
And, 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 and if you know, Chicago was where Brother Branham had the, the Trinitarians and the oneness in a meeting that was divinely led of God, and he spoke a message on the Godhead explained. Now you'd think, okay, this is Elijah. Elijah, who had the prophets of Baal, and who had such and such, he's going to come down, he's going to call fire down from heaven. But he speaks this very nice message. Now you brethren here, you brethren there, what was he doing? The word was dividing. The word was discerning. And he spoke it in such a way that the spirits of those men were so moved. They were so moved and they said, and, and Tommy Hicks would come and he'd say, I, I need 90 of those tapes. I'm going to send it to my minister. They're all going to come and be baptized. Oh, it was, looked like this was a great meeting. Well, the days went by, the weeks went by. And Brother Ben finally said, did they come to be baptized? Not one of them. So while it was an emotional time, the word had no root. Or in other words, they had too many ties of their Trinitarian camp or their oneness camp. If they identified with Brother Brown, soon the word got out to the leaders and they couldn't do, even though they may have been genuinely moved. So now Matson Bose comes to Brother Branham and he says, Oh, Brother Branham, I want to have another meeting in Chicago. I want to do these things. I want to see Chicago shook. And he says, Brother Matson, Chicago's already been shook. If you could see it. When we're looking for revival, friends, we're not going to see it in the way that we can portray it. I, I could, I could. I, I don't want to go out on a limb, but we live in a time where it's, it's a gray time. It's, it looks like there's not much darkness, there's not much light. It looks like there's things that are, that are in, in different places. But in the evidence of the resurrection, Brother Brandon would say this. Let me say this with a broken voice and a broken heart. It's evening time. There will be a day that won't be neither day nor night. It'll be just hearing the word with no manifestation, just a gloomy, foggy day, but in the evening time, the light will shine again. So sometimes the manifestation we look for, oh my, I, this, is, this is really, I'm moving this into part of another message, but I'm not saying that there won't be signs and wonders, but the worldwide manifestation of revival, that's gone. It'll be only amongst those that are in you say, oh, this, you're making it in the message. No, in Christ. In Christ. It won't be out there. It'll be God convicting one, convicting one, convicting one. But he says, and he says, the evening time we're living in, the evening lights is a manifestation of the resurrection. This was amazing to me. It'll be hearing the word. Allowing the word to have the preeminence. Allowing him to convict us. Do we need... Do we need healings? We need healings. Do we need signs and wonders? Yes, we need those things. It shows that he's among us, but that's not our major. Our major is on the word. Those things follow the word. I want to be in him. The greatest thing, the greatest miracle in your life is the day the word of God came to you, convicted you as a sinner, and, and caused you to come. That's the greatest miracle. And the greatest miracle that you can stay in the word all the way. 
my, 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 how am I, I'm not getting to where I need to get to. Hebrews 12, verse 27, and this word, yet once more, signifying the removing of those things that are shaken, as of those things which are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So no matter what happens around us, the, the, the thought last Sunday was Jesus standing before Pilate, the backdrop of noise all around him, Pilate in front of him, but Jesus, as Brother Brandon would say, in a realm of perfect faith, knowing who he was, where he came from, and Brother Max, as you had said, his purpose. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. I didn't receive this message just to go out and, and, and change my marching orders the minute a pandemic struck the earth. I got one purpose. I got one goal. And that goal is to follow Christ into a rapture. That might sound easy, but I'll tell you, it'll be hard to keep that position. Because the world's going to enforce it. The world's going to come against it. You're going to stay in Christ. Yeah, you're not going to succumb. The pressure is on already. But I am convinced. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm going to stay with him. And, and if it means, as, as a prophet would say, the bride knows where she stands. She's very, very, very few. She knows where she stands. She has thus saith the Lord... Or she is still. In other words, I'm not answering according to emotion. I'm not answering according to intellect. I'm answering as according to he moves me. My. Okay. So our thoughts are not God's thoughts. But there's a subconscious moving underneath. We don't want our voice. We want God's voice. And there's an unfolding. There was an unfolding in Jesus' time that led him to give himself to soldiers, that led him to go on a cross, but that wasn't all at one time. But he, we walk step by step. Okay, Second Peter. I'm going to now take the last 30 minutes on, on, a, on a little different train of thought, and then I'm going to likely pick this up because the other part I won't get to. Second Peter, and I'm talking about the approach, the... What's within, what's without. Second Peter chapter 3. Now, these are conditions that are right around us now. So reading in verse 1, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the latter days scoffers walking after their own lust. Now, some of these scoffers are without. Some have manifested themselves because they have began to lay questions to the root of the infallibility of the message that we have believed. And it is infallible. The word that God sends is infallible. It doesn't mean the messenger is infallible, but the word that he sends is infallible. And so scoffers without, they begin to show themselves already. 
But if we're not careful, this is a prevailing attitude that's around, and it can enter into the church. It can enter in where our discussion becomes more about administration or the sound didn't sound right or so-and-so had an attitude and we lose sight of where we're going. And we begin to point at, at things that are, you know, the, and, and I, I'm, I'm being careful because Brother Branham himself said this. He said, I sat in the seat of the scorner. I sat in the seat of the scornful and he watched he watched in his church as a woman started to have liberty. And I will say, liberty doesn't give right to fleshly manifestation. But on the other hand, if it does do it, there's enough, there's, you know, we've, we've, we've gone so forward on squelching it sometimes that we haven't given vent to it. And, it. and it becomes unapproachable for the real. I think there's a balance between the two. And I feel there ought to be liberty I believe that we need to have, if there's a liberty to stand up and rejoice in a service, I want you to take it. Because that's not me that told you to do it. That's God that told you to do it. So, scornful. You can, you can take people that are, are critical about everything. And, and rarely, and I, I always watch the narrative. I said, change the narrative. If, if your narrative is always this, 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 and it's the same train of thought, and, and it is never positive about the Word of God, if it's never about the good things God is doing in a church, there's some people that can't bring themselves to talk about that. Isn't that wonderful what God did? Yeah, but you know, it was such and such. You know. <laughs> wow. I, I, I would say it today. I'd say, isn't the weather wonderful? Yeah, but did you read the forecast for Tuesday or Wednesday? Listen, enjoy what you got today. Amen. Oh, the weather. Like, it's, it's 30% chance of clouds. Hang on, let's twist the narrative. It's 70% chance of sunshine. Let's take the sunshine. Listen, we're a body. We need to encourage one another. Don't play into the critical narrative. Amen. I, I want to be around people that lift me up, not drag me down. So, so I mean, how in the world did I get on all of this? So, scoffers walking after their own lusts. So, it's a, it started as an attitude. It started as a spirit. And somewhere, you open to that spirit. I, I pray that we could live so close to God. I, I said something the other day, and it was just... I wouldn't say it was, it was, I was telling a lie, but I was painting something in a certain picture about someone, and I felt God was grieved when I said that. Lord, let's live like that. Let's live where it's his word, his thoughts. Listen, I'll, there's other brothers that might go down this channel. I'm trying to leave room for them for that. Now, verse 4. What was this attitude, scoffers? Where is the promise of his coming? Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you just come say, yeah, it'll be a hundred years from now. It can start out with saying, oh, it's just another year. We've just turned a page on another year. No, it's greater than that. One of these days it won't be. So I, I don't want to give vent to the wrong 
direction. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, they continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Years ago, they had this televangelist named, uh, I know his wife's name, uh, Tammy Baker. What was, his, what was his name? Jim Baker. There, how could I forget? Tammy seems to be the one we all saw. <laughs> and she said, she said years ago, you know, the first time I put on makeup, I thought God was going to smite me dead. And I did it. Nothing happened. And you know what happened after that? It began to be gobsmacked. It began to be, because God didn't do anything. But she had crossed a line. You know, there, there's, there's certain things that are happening. The Bible says, the woman that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. She See, it doesn't look like it here, but, but there's a dimension, there's a line that's there. You might think you're getting away with something here. There's, there's, I don't want to be guilty at that day saying, you never told me. I, I think we had a pastor that told us for many years, that is wrong. We had a prophet that told us that was wrong. Don't go down that path. Don't play with it. But you cross a line, and it's like this little whir in conscience, and it, and it begins to, you go right through it. You don't hear that voice anymore. Oh, friends, let's, let's stay in the channel. He's saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. I'm going to move quickly. For of this they willingly are ignorant. And it's a type. The heavens that were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water. The world that was then being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and earth which are now. So what happened in Noah's day? What happened in Lot's day? That's what's going to be happening in the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. Those were the same conditions. What was it? The attitudes, the thought patterns of the people led them into what they were doing. Led them into, into homosexuality. Led them into adultery. Led them into a superfluous of, of, of living around us. Instead of living circumspectly. That was a prevailing attitude. And it would come to pass again. Verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day with the Lord is a thousand years. The Lord is not slack. I'm, I'm going quickly. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are in. So it'll happen quickly and there'll be some that, hey, how did that happen? <laughs> and Brother Manum spoke the message on Shalom. And in Shalom, he says these words. There is great trouble every, somewhere. Some, everybody knows it. Everybody has become a neurotic. The world is a neurotical world. We know there's something wrong. The only way you'll know what the trumpet sound is look at what the sheet music says. It's a symphony. It's beating. The messages we read, they are unfolding before us. Oh, I've heard that message, and it just sits there now. But if we pick it up, we'll say, this is real. This is, this is, 
you think you heard that before. You haven't heard it in the light of where we're at. And he says, it's like Peter and the wolf, the composer that wrote the book. The director must be in the same spirit of the composer. If he doesn't, he gives the wrong beat and the whole thing's out. He says, now the great symphony of God's great act is playing out just right and we can see the hour where we are standing. I want to be in tune, don't you? Don't you want to be there? I got, I got to move forward. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. I'm, I'm taking maybe a little bit more of a, a without of a global perspective and where we are within, but I, I want to take this another level in another service because I think it's important, so I'm just taking my time with it. 1 Corinthians 10, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed under the sea. And all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual meat. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. You know who drank of that rock? Dathan and Korah drank of that rock. Some of those that were, were bit by serpents drank of that rock. Some of those that murmured and complained drank of that rock one time. But listen, listen how the Bible says this. Spirits don't die. It says in verse 5, But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. How are you going to see what's going on right now? By looking back at types and saying, That was the first exodus. What happened at the time of Christ was the second. We're in the third. The same spirits are around us. Now he says, now these things were our examples, not history, examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now, there's, there's four categories here. I'm going to read them. I'm going to go back to some scriptures. First category, neither be ye idolaters. An idolater is somebody that puts something between them and God. And Brother Bram says, why do you hunger? Why do you thirst? You let so many, you let so many things come between. You can let your job, you can let your wife, you can let all these things between. So here, what was it? Don't be idolaters. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. There's been a few times I found myself relaxing and enjoying just, just time. And then all of a sudden my thought went to Sister Laura Collins. Used to be Tribiger. And I'd seen a picture of her and her husband and four young boys. And every time I go back to that picture and I hear where she's at, I, I, I bow my head in prayer and I say, Lord, remember our sister. We're a part of a body. We're connected. I, I think we need to be about the Father's business. 
What if that was me? What if that was my wife? What if that was somebody you knew? There's some other situations I've thought about people that are errant and gone this way. And when I come and pray, if it's just a word, I say, Lord, don't let them go. Don't let them go. Because if we have a kingdom that cannot be moved, no matter what goes around us, we can change the plans that Satan has for us. Your prayers can change the situation around you. Don't be caught up with frivolous. I'm doing okay. You know, when, when you're doing okay and you're relaxed, that's not a good place to be. I, we need those times of refreshing. But we also need to stay in the channel. Verse category two. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. Fornication. Balaam taught the people. It wasn't the prophecy of Balaam that was the problem. The prophecy was bang on. He was anointed with the same anointing that was on Moses. But it was the way of Balaam. It was, the, it was his teaching. That's what caused fornication. He knew if he could get in their backside, if he could start with some music just to, to get them to go off color, and he would get the, the Moabitish women that were not allowed and get them to sway and do their thing, that would be enough to entice those men. This isn't today's service, but I'm going to get into what Constantine did, the mix, and how it paralleled what happened in 1962 in, in, in the, whole, the whole change. There, listen, this is spirits that were alive, and they're still here today. Do not be distracted. Do not be blinded, but be aware of where we're at. Don't commit fornication. Natural fornication, spiritual fornication are the same spirit. Verse 9, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. I, I won't spend time on that. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. I I really could take half an hour on murmuring. And there's Bible examples for all of it. Now all of these things happened unto us for examples, and they were written for our admonition. To who? Who is this written for? Them upon whom the ends of the world are come. So this is for us today. Okay, now I need you to come back with me just, just for a minute. I'm... I'm going to take a couple of scriptures. Exodus 12. Just go a couple of scriptures quickly. Exodus 12. Is this all right yet? Yeah. Listen, this will this, help you. Feed on it. Take, take it and feed on it. Exodus 12. This is now, how many knows redemption is a coming out and it's a going in? This will be, be quick. I'm going to pick more of this up in a future service. Exodus 12. Here they come out under the token, under the Passover that the Lord had, under the death angel, they came out from that. And out from under that was what it identifies in verse 37. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men, 
Beside children, two million actually is what it turned out to be. Verse 38, and a mixed multitude went up also with them and flocks and herds and even very much cattle. Now this looked wonderful. You know, we're leaving Egypt. There's a banner. You know, the taskmasters are behind us. They come to the Red Sea and God takes them through the Red Sea and Miriam is dancing and the supernatural is made known. X Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Now, Exodus gives you an outside event. Numbers 11 starts to go inside. It's, Numbers is a little bit more discerning. There's without, there's within. So in, in chapter 10, Moses talks about the order of the word that's to come in place and how they're supposed to do these things and how there was a pillar of fire and a cloud and this is what we're under, this is what we're following. Verse 11. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and the anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Spirits don't die. Verse 2, and when the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses was prayed, prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched, and he called the name of the place Tabereth, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And you'd think... Mercy was given to them. Oh, they ought to have been thankful. Verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the, fe the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, and the cucumbers and the melons, and the leeks, and the onions. And the garlic. I, my wife was preparing supper the other night, and she started early in the morning, and I'm coming down for breakfast, and I had a hard time getting into the spirit of breakfast when I smelt the garlic and everything around me. We remember these things, verse 6, but now our soul is dried up. There is nothing all at all beside this manna before our eyes. Now, what were they looking at? Every morning they would get up and they had no taskmasters. They had no more whip. They didn't have to go very far because overnight this manna came down. They just picked it up, angel's food. And they had it right there. And they came in and they picked it up, but that was not good enough. They were not seeing the supernatural God. They saw a manifestation. Listen to what Brother Branham would say. He's saying, what a sad picture. He says, the supernatural had been done and unconverted people followed because the supernatural, it finally got him into trouble. People usually get excited when the supernatural comes. Israel got excited. Instead of coming under the atonement, there was an uncircumcised group, a mixed multitude. The Bible calls them, it caused trouble later on. He said, that's the same thing that's happened in this revival. Halfway believers, there's three classes of people. Believers, make believers, unbelievers, they sit in every group. 
Listen, this doesn't sound like a thing to roar. I, I'm as much for unity as I am. But our unity is around the Word of God. Our unity is not on uh, an ecumenical thing. Oh, we're all one. No, we're not that. You know, I wasn't born yesterday. There's a lot of spirits that are around. Listen, I'll give grace if God's dealing with somebody. But it doesn't mean you embrace everything around you. But I think we need to see ourselves as a body, not just as, as, a, as a, a group that, well, we're, 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 we're the ones. No, we're, it's not that, that straightforward. It's not black and white. We're, we're bound by one thing. That's the Word of God. So not all that came out was supernatural. It was a mixed multitude. What they couldn't see was the testing, the trying, the proving. They saw Moses, but they did not see the pillar of fire, the angel that was there. They didn't see that. Listen, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to summarize, but I'll, I'll come back to some of it. Uh, they, they, they gave vent to their carnality. They never moved into a spiritual realm. I, I'm going to just say it honestly as I can. It's not good enough to have knowledge of the message. It's not good enough, and I'd say, to have the title of message. You need to be born again. The old-fashioned birth, where there's a change, where there's something that happens, where there's a snow, you're, you're crying. And Brother Adam would say, we don't, there's not enough soul travail. Not as he would call it, soul travel. And we can slip into a denominational life where we say, well, I got it 30 years ago. Listen, we need to be in it daily. I, I desire that, that there would be a change amongst us. doesn't matter how many years, but Lord, take the stiffness, the starchiness. Give us the genuine Holy Ghost. Let our children see it in us. Let, let the brother in the pew see it in you. Don't, let's not just be, well, this is who I am. This is my personality. I don't raise my hands. I don't cry. I don't do those things. What do you do outside of church? What gets you excited? If nothing gets you excited, then fine. Be where you are. But if you get excited in something else and you can't get excited about church, I would say there ought to be something. Now, I'm not just pulling for jump up and, and this is not what it's about. But let God do what God wants to do. Amen. There ought to be a liberty in us. Say, are you good with that this morning? The liberty that was there when you left Egypt, when you crossed the Red Sea, when Miriam was there, it should continue on. My, my. Numbers 13. I'm just going to pick up one or two more things and we'll close today. Numbers 13. You know what? I'm, I'm going to leave it. Let's go to Numbers 16, rather. Sorry. You can read all of this. I'll just read a couple parts and then tell the story. Number 16. Now Korah, the son of Isbar, the son of Kohath, son of Levi. Listen, he had a good genealogy. Dathan and Ibram and the sons of Eliab and On, the sons of Pelet, the sons of Reuben, the, took some men and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel. And what did they gather? 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. Now, oh, why? This looks like a real move of God. 
And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said, You take too much upon you, seeing that all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why do you lift yourself up above the congregation of the Lord? Now, did they actually see what was going on? They, they just were looking on the outside. This is all about Moses. He just exercised. They saw a political move. They didn't see the move of God. You know, Moses, this guy, you know, he's, God does a few things to him and he thinks he's everything. Scoffers. No respect. I reverence this message. I'm, I'm not saying that that belongs to me. But there belongs a level of respect to every believer in this church, to the ministry, to the deacons, to the Sunday school teachers. There ought to be that reverence in our daily homes. You take a critical spirit, you take just a casualness and a casual approach, and I'll tell you what, you watch where it leads. Let's be real sincere Christians. The devil is trying to water it down and say, oh, that's this, that's this. You know, and, and, and I don't want to be the commentary on Brother Branham. Well, he meant this and he said this. No, he meant what he said. And I'll say, let God prove his works. You could read all of this. Moses fell on his knees and he started to pray. And he says, okay, this is a showdown. You take all that are with you. Tomorrow you come. And he who is holy, God will show is holy. And let them that are within and without, he begins to make the sense. And Korah took all of his men and the censers and the fire. And, and they took all of this. They came together. And Moses went to call Dathan. And, and I'll just pick this up in verse 12. And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eli, Eliab, and say, and they said, you, you come with us. And they said, no, we're not coming up. Spirits. And they said, and, and Moses went to call them. Verse 13, is it a small thing that you've brought us up out of a land that flows with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? Except you make yourself a prince above us. They forgot Moses didn't do that. God did that. Brother Branham never exalted himself to be the messenger. Any true man of God with a call does not exalt himself, but he walks with humility and reverence and saying, oh God, let me be careful not to say my own word. Don't let me revert to my natural nature or personality, but let me speak the words of truth. Give me the spirit of God. Moses became upset. You can read this. My time has run out today. And he finally came, and they all fell on their faces and you, you can read it in verse 23 on down where God spoke to Moses. He said, separate yourself and separate this. And, and Moses begins to say, if these men die a natural death, then you'll know that God has not sent me. But if they die in a way that is a new thing, he says, then you'll know that God sent me. And immediately an earthquake came and swallowed them up. And it came to pass, as he made an end of speaking these things, verse 34, the ground clave asunder, the earth swallowed them all up. I'll, I'll just go down to the end. You'd think after all of this, it would have been fine. But now, verse 41, on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron and said, you have killed the people of God. You talk about brazen spirits. Friends, if I'm saying something, I'm, 
I'm saying all of these things are happening without, but you need to take care of what's within. This is a whole other part to this. Let's, let's stop right there this morning. Let's have the musicians come. I'm going to just read this from Luke chapter 7. If you put this up, Brother Dan, Luke chapter 7, verse 20. Sorry, I think this is Mark. I may have got the wrong one written down here. Sorry, it's, it's Mark chapter 7, verse 20. I'm sorry. If I, if, I, if I did it right, then that was good. Mark chapter 7, verse 20. That which comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. It's not the outer garment, but it's what's within. I want to be found in him. Is that what you desire this morning? Let's stand together. Thank you for being patient. I, 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 I tried to follow what the Lord put on my heart here this morning, and uh, it's the Word of God. Yeah. It still holds true. It's the thing we need to feed on. It's, it's the place we need to stay. I'm saying this so that when something happens, don't just say, that was nice. That was so... No, no. Let's, let's be watchful, mindful. Let's remain, okay? Let's, let's stay in that channel. How great is our God? How great is His Word? How great is our God?